Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, themfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every time you your order. Every t- This podcast is also brought to you by The Collective Experience, The Collective EX on Instagram. The Collective XP is the website you need to go to to uh, log in and, uh, and, and basically sign yourself up for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get yourself plugged into the sport of motocross, uh, spend a day with a guy like Alex Ray, or a guy that, or like a guy like I got on the phone uh, right now with me. He's a repeat offender on the podcast. He's doing the second podcast in as many days because he was a co-host last night on the Pulp Show, a much bigger podcast than this one. He's he's uh, he's coming down a, a level or two to hang out with a pigeon like me uh, to to do my podcast. But we love having him on. Uh, I bought him a, a brand new Saskatchewan Rough Riders football jersey to go do uh, his parade lap in Saskatchewan in 2014, and we've been good friends ever since. He's the 280 in your program on a green Kawasaki, number one in your heart. Kate Clayson, how's it going? Oh, man, it's going really good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, I appreciate you making time for me. I understand uh, the Pulp Show ran late last night, so you weren't able to make it to the practice track Today, a little bit of R and R, a little rest and relaxation to uh, for a little midweek as you uh, set sights on Anaheim too. Uh, before we talk about the series that you're in right now, how did we get to this point? How does uh, Cade Clayson go from uh, uh, like working with FXR for, pretty uh, religiously, uh, racing Canadian nationals, and then now making your triumphant return back to uh, racing Supercross in the United States of America, which is where we found you first? Yeah, um, I mean, kind of just like that, you know. I mean, it, it all just kind of you know, worked out for me really. I, you know, like I said, I, I raced supercross, you know, for many years, not many, but you know, three or four, um, got suspended, you know, had already been racing in Canada, which is where you and I met still have my rough riders Jersey hang, hangs it. up in my, uh, in my stuff room. Oh yeah. Um, and then I, uh, you know, uh, I kept racing up there. I got the job with FXR. They offered it to me. And, you know, I spent two years working for them while I was racing. And, you know, now I'm back racing Supercross. That's how I met Julian uh, from PRMX. He got me set up with, uh, you know, a good deal for Supercross this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, trying to get back in the swing of things has been uh, a little bit of a struggle. But um, I feel like we're making headway. Absolutely. Uh, before the, the, the whole debacle with uh, the suspension and everything like that, I really feel like you were, cu- were kind of rounding into form as a, uh, a basically a week-to-week uh, main event guy in the 450 class. Uh, for those who don't, don't uh, recall, like there was uh, a ton of battles where you were finding your, finding your way into the, the main events, whether it be through the, the heat races or LCQs, always a factor weekend week in and week out with Supercross, obviously a little bit of a derailment there, but in a lot of ways, 
coming back with Julian's team, the PRMX Kawasaki team, with uh, the Pelletier Kawasaki's, it's almost kind of a, a perfect uh, recipe for you, considering it's a Canadian con- connection. You have a lot of uh, connections and, and resources there that you've been cultivating for a number of years. and then, But their, their main focus is Supercross, has been for a lot of years. So uh, kind of... Sticking with somebody who, who's familiar with you and, and somebody who's seen you work uh, north of the border, but they've got their sights set on uh, on achieving things south of the border with Supercross is kind of a, a kind of a, a perfect marriage for you coming back to racing. And although maybe Anaheim one qualifying wasn't what you were looking for, uh, a much better performance uh, this last weekend in in in, uh, in St. Louis, St. Louis where you qualify you qualified better. You were damn close to making it through the heat, and then uh, uh, I believe tenth place in the LCQs. And of course, w- once you get into the LCQ, it's the biggest roll of the dice ever. But um, how was it as you you start to sort of reestablish yourself? Um, it's been okay. You know, I've been pretty hard on myself, but because um, I expect more of myself. You know, a one, I just rode pitiful. Um, you know, this weekend it was a little easier because there were a few guys missing because they went back to Germany and stuff, but. You know, still, I was way better. Um, you know, I just, I expect to just continually keep getting better. And, you know, sometime, you know, hopefully starting soon, you know, I'm going to really start figuring it out and uh, being, be riding like myself. You know, when I get to the races, I'm not exactly riding like myself. So I'm, uh, that's the only struggle I have right now. But I'm, I really am trying, uh, trying really hard to get back to, you know, like my old form and being right there. Uh, each and every weekend in it to get in the main, um, you know, cause right now, you know, I'm riding well, but I just, I haven't put myself in very good situations to, uh, to really get, get into a main, you know, like I crashed in my heat race this weekend, gave me a terrible gate pick for the main and then, or I mean a terrible gate pick for the LCQ. And then, you know, it was, you know, like you said, it's a shot in the dark really with how many good privateers there are. So, um, it's a, it's a struggle sometimes, but, you know, we're trying to make the best of it. For sure. Like, uh, for those who didn't watch the LCQ or maybe you didn't look at the, the, the list here, like Dustin Winter has some serious skills on a bike. He's down in Oklahoma and I've, I've, I've heard he's been able to, uh, like, uh, match times with, uh, Forkner and, uh, um, and Benny Bloss as well. Austin Politelli's made a ton of mains in there. You got this uh, two-time Supercross champion by the name of Chad Reed. Uh, Justin Brayton was in there as well as Kyle Cunningham. Guys, th- like f- four guys right there that could easily be in the top 15 in a main event, all in the LCQ, uh, bumping shoulders with your uh, uh, guys like yourself. Um, Dylan Merriam, Bubba Pauly, uh, Cody Van Buskirk, Jared Lesher, all guys that have made it into mains a number of times before. So like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's just like, there's a ton of talent all the way through this class, especially early in the season like this. But what do you feel is holding you back the most right now? Uh, obviously you're being a little, you're, you're hard on yourself, but that's probably a good thing. We we like to have high expectations of where we'd like to be. Uh, what, what's bugging you the most about, uh, about your riding and, and your performances so far? Um, there's been just some mistakes, like even in my practice laps this weekend, I had two practice crashes, um, in the last qualifying session that, you know, were just kind of dumb, um, easily avoidable. And then, uh, you know, just my starts have been not fantastic. You know, if I'm riding bad and I get good starts, you know, sometimes you can still manage a good result, but even if you're riding good, a bad start, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to make it happen. So just stuff like that. And then my raw intensity, 
um, on a supercross track just isn't quite there yet. So, um, and that just comes with time, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of fast guys and, you know, I haven't been pushing it to any crazy limits to try and find that speed because I don't want to get hurt. You know, obviously I want to find it at a reasonable pace so that I, you know, like I said, stay healthy. Um, that's a main factor. You know, it does me no good to come back racing, but then get hurt because I'm off the pace. So, um, like I said, I'm really just trying to stay healthy, but still manage to get better and better every weekend. For sure, that that's important. It sounds like you sort of need to set some attainable goals. Like, like uh, one week, I want to be, uh, I want to be in the like this last weekend. I believe you were. I'm gonna pull up the uh, qualifying right now. Twenty sixth. Say you want to be in the the top twenty two for qualifying, and then uh, you want to be able to make it in through the LCQ. Next step from there is to make it in through the heat race, and then you move forward from there. Get back to where you were uh, a, a number of years ago. Um, the intensity side of things. Obviously, something that kind of comes with experience. Something obviously, you, you have a lot of experience a, a number of years ago. But getting back into things, you're like it's it's not the same as racing in Canada, is it? No, it's not. I mean, the tracks are totally different. The field's way deeper, um, and it's uh, it's it is. It's just it's a lot different. And but I enjoy it. I enjoy the diversity. So do do you see yourself coming up and uh, and racing some Canadian nationals again this year? Uh, do you see yourself doing outdoor nationals in the states? Um, I guess that's sort of looking a little bit too far ahead, but um, we like it's amazing how quickly those things start to sneak up on us uh, as the years uh, sort of slips by. Yeah, um, they want to do some of them. We're not really sure which ones. We kind of want to do some U.S. nationals as well. It's still up in the air, but. Um, you know, we're uh, we're thinking about it for sure. And uh, how how much time do you have on Kawasaki's? Uh, I, I I don't remember you racing them as a pro. Uh, I know you were on Hondas and KTM's for the longest time, and then of course with the uh, Redemption Racing K- uh, KTM team is where uh, I handed you that Saskatchewan uh, Rough Rider jersey, much to the uh, uh, envied eye of uh, of one Sean Moffenbeyer, who was of course from uh, Swift Current, otherwise known as Speedy Creek. Uh, in Saskatchewan, so he was like, "Where's mine?" And I'm like, "Who, who are you?" Uh, legitimately. <laughs> uh, and then because you were you were national number six at the time, man, it's no big deal. Uh, yeah, like, although I think he might have been defending champion at the time. But either way, um, yeah, like it's <laughs> like uh, like um, how how much experience do you have on the Cowies? Um, I mean, not a ton. First year um, before Montreal Supercross, I had like four days on it. Nice. So it's uh, it's definitely very. Uh, I'm still green to it, obviously. <laughs> no pun intended. I, I see. You uh, yeah, you like that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I've I've been super comfortable on it, you know. But you know, it's just like I said, finding that raw speed um, at any time, no matter what bike I'm on, is is hard. So um, we're working on it, and you know, I can't really complain. Fair enough. So what is it that you typically work on or what is it you find yourself having to work on the most when you go to these practice days? Uh, like obviously you've got a guy like A Ray that you're currently living with that is has like he's also on a privateer uh Kawasaki. I'm sure you guys can swap parts here and there a little bit for what works. But um how do you use each other as a bit of a benchmark? What is it that you have to work on? Obviously you already mentioned the the, the intensity thing. But uh, is there any like specific bike skills or things that you particularly struggle with uh, on a weekly basis, just to sort of clean up and make sure that you're uh, like those are some of the things that can kind of become that X factor that uh, can change those uh, 
those 56, 55 lap times that you were uh, knocking down this week that seriously, like the, the, the thing is your, your 26th uh, fastest doesn't sound awesome, but the fact that you were uh, two seconds a lap off of uh, being 16th is pretty, pretty amazing to think that like in, in two seconds there, uh, you're literally knocking on the door of guys like Aaron Plessinger, uh, Justin Bogle, um, like Jimmy Dakotas, like th- those are factory supported efforts. Uh, and actually only a, a two and a half seconds off of a guy who won the championship last year. So maybe you don't need to be as hard as on yourself as you thought. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I looked at it and I, you know, I saw like I was only three tenths of a second slower than Reed. Um, and you're right, but you know that those three tenths of a second, like when I go back and I looked at my lap, it's like I could find those three tenths of a second in the first half of a lap. And it's like, man, dude, if I could just clean up my laps and make it like make my roll speed just a little bit better, you know, not drag my feet in some of the corners. And it's it's easy stuff um, that, you know, at the races, it's just hard to link together. Like we can all do it at the practice track, um, but it's it's really about getting to the race and just being able to do it there. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, you got to be able to perform on on Saturdays. That's what's most important. Going into Anaheim too, uh, should be a little bit harder base. Uh, the fact that it's been there in there for a little bit longer. I don't know what what the the weather's supposed to be like, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. Maybe like, this is something that I first noticed when I walked onto the the scene in 2017 to go my first Supercrosses uh, as a media guy. Is that the the floor literally smells like a cement plant because of all the lime that they used yeah. to put them in the in the uh, uh, the dirt. They no longer do that. They have brand new dirt at at uh, at Anaheim uh, in Anaheim, and it's running up like crazy. Uh, even this last weekend, as awesome a dirt as uh, as, as St. Louis is, it still is grabbing guys' front wheels. It's it's making you guys forcing mistakes and stuff like that. How much of a factor is that, given the fact that a lot of you guys practice on a lot of really, really hard pack practice tracks that get super blue grooved, um, and then you guys have to basically kind of change things up a little bit for for rolling into race tracks that they're they're not as hard as they used to be because of that line. Uh, it's not as crazy as you would think. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, we we all kind of you know, like especially in California, with how much rain they've gotten the tracks have been a bit softer. So we've I've kind of seen a bunch of different you know styles of dirt since I've been getting ready for Supercross. So it wasn't too mind-blowing to me when I got there, and it was super rutted. Um, they brought the dirt in like two and a half weeks early this year uh, for the base and stuff yep. because they wanted to get it in and get the track built in case it rained. They didn't want A1 to obviously be a mutter. So um, it's uh, it's cool to see that they're taking the extra effort this year and stuff to, to really build fantastic tracks because I think the first two have been really good. Um, you know, the berms at A1, they got a little rutted and stuff, but... You know that's that's fine. You know as long as you can still do the jumps and stuff, it's a it's a great racetrack. Fair enough. So for you, what was the most uh, the trickiest part of of this last weekend's racetrack? Obviously, um, like you're not one of the only I think five or six guys that were going uh, two three or three two uh, th- after the, the the finish line there. But uh, the the sort of roll three three one three 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 one. Uh, along the the long straightaway, or the uh, um, the the three onto the table, or going all the way over the table, like those were sections that were 
a little bit of an X factor. I think maybe a little bit more time was able to make up in that long section. Um, which, which, which one of those, uh, like kind of created the most amount of headaches for you? Because there was a lot of different ways you could have gone through those sections and, um, there, but there was only maybe one or two fast ways to do it. Yeah, definitely. I, I never even really contemplated going over the table three, three, because it was so big. Um, like it was pretty safe, but yeah. it wasn't that much faster and it was really difficult to get over. So I, I never even really thought about it. Um, but that Plus first you spent more time in the, in the air long, too, if you noticed, I think, I think it, I, I, I timed it. You're, you're in the air a lot. Yeah, it was way faster in the main to do it like over three, three. Um, but in the heat races and in the practice, it wasn't that much faster. Um, but then like going back over to the other rhythm section, man, I crashed in that rhythm section twice in practice. It was so stressful. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't even believe it, uh, how, how much I was struggling over there. Yeah. Well, what, what made that, that one so hard? Because I know, uh, when guys were coming on, like coming, like hugging to the inside of that, like it was a left-hander they're going in the inside. There was like, as you tried to sort of double in, there was a kicker that a lot of guys were hitting and that was like that looked uh, um, less than fun. And then if you swung out wide, it wasn't exactly like to square it up was kind of tricky to sort of just kind of roll in and then start, start tripling from there. Uh, and if you didn't, if you weren't able to do that, like you sort of had to start to kind of triple in the middle and then like go three, three out or something along those lines there. It, it, it was, it looked like a section. It was tough to be consistent with. It was, it was so hard to be consistent with because those five footers were really tall and, the whole section was ruddy. It was uh, it was really brutal, honestly. Yeah, because like, what what was your preferred way to go through it? Were you were you going big to big in the middle? No, my preferred way to go through there was double, double, double. But no, I couldn't <laughs> do that. It was so slow. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I probably go, would have been singling through. Uh, like, so you got me there. Yeah, I was going uh, double, double, triple, triple, single was uh, was my line. Fair enough. Well, like, the the. There's a lot of guys who were making that section look easy, and uh, and there was more than a few of you that was making it look hard, uh, and probably even, uh, yeah, like uh, I I would have made it look even harder. I can't imagine those kids in the Supercross features doing it the the following week. They probably knocked some stuff down though. Um, but what uh, what would you like to see from yourself at Anaheim two? Like if for you to ro- to walk out of Anaheim two with a huge smile on your face, uh, heading towards the uh, Triple Crown in uh, Phoenix, um, what needs to happen for you to be just like, like completely excited about, uh, what you were able to accomplish in Anaheim too? I mean, I'm, I'm really excited just to be able to go racing. Um, but really I just want to show up and just feel loose and, um, be comfortable on my bike. Uh, you know, going out there and just being able to lay down my good fast laps. Like, you know, this weekend I went out and I laid down a ton of laps in the, the first two practices to try and get really comfortable. And I think that really, really benefited me. Fair enough. Uh, and that is, seat time is huge. I mean, you, you know, uh, you guys know it better than anybody having time on the seat, knowing your motorcycle, knowing what to expect every single bump that it hits. That's, uh, that's crucial to, uh, to your success on two wheels. So, um, what's it like living with a Ray? What's, what's the situation? How did you guys end up uh, rooming together again? Um, and, and, and who's doing most of the cooking? Like what, what's, what's the whole situation there right now? Cause I imagine shenanigans. Oh, it's full blown shenanigans. Uh, it's, it's okay. A Ray's a good dude. He's grown up a lot. Um, from the first time we lived together. I imagine you guys were kids. Like, literally. Uh, 
nah, not quite kids, but um, but still I mean, younger was, than me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's good, you know. Uh, he, you know, I it's different for me because you know I'm married and you know That's I have true. a wife in my own house and stuff. So, uh, you know, I I have like a whole different outlook on some stuff, but. You know, him and I are just such good friends, and, you know, we just, we work well together no matter what. Who's better at cooking? You Me. are. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Like, it depends on what we're cooking, because, like, he's a good cook at the stuff that he likes to eat, and I'm a good cook with the stuff that I like to eat, so, um, I, but I'm, like, way cleaner than he is. Like, I clean up all my shit all the time. Like, while you're cooking? While I'm cooking afterwards. Like, I came home, like, late last night, got up this morning and did all of his dishes because he left them in the sink when he went to the track. Like, come on, guy. Son of a bitch. I, I, I used to live with guys like that. And I, I, just, I lose, I'd lose my mind. I'd lose my mind. I, I would, like, if I was yeah, you, I would have taken all of his dishes and probably, like, ba- like put, balled them all up and just put them on his bed. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. I, that, that's, that would kill my OCD. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, the, like, if... if if uh, if Cade Clayson's making dinner, what what's uh, what's on the menu, dude? Almost always there's some sweet potato in there. Yes, like I love sweet potato. I don't know I'm when I dinner. became such a sweet potato addict, but it's it's fantastic. They're good, honestly. Uh, like, and then, like you and, want to talk about eating healthy? Like it's basically the cornerstone of a good healthy diet. Is some some sweet potatoes in there. Yeah. Um. And then, man, just some sort like i try to mix up the vegetables as much as i can uh because sometimes i get in the rut and i'll like eat the same two vegetables and uh and then you know besides that you know just like chicken i i, I like i'm i'm really into red meat and stuff like it doesn't some people i know it affects them weird like area doesn't eat red meat but man i can i can crush me a couple steaks if i really need to yeah, I, I that's never seemed to uh, have affected me whatsoever. Uh, like, obviously, you guys are down in SoCal, back home in Canada. There's no barbecuing going on right now, Cade. In, in case you were wondering, it's minus thirty-one tomorrow, um, which is which is a real temperature for those who are listening who don't believe that. Um, but uh, so, like, like, how do you like to prepare your steak? Um, and uh, like, this is just getting me hungry and making me want to come to A one or A two and, and come for dinner. But uh, that either way, dude. Now I'm gonna go buy a sweet potato, a steak, and some vegetables for dinner because that's really what I want now. Uh, okay. But medium rare, man. Medium yep. rare is where it's at. Nice, nice, like even uh, some some pink in there. Uh, just just a solid piece of meat. Yeah, exactly. Bigger the better. Fair enough. What about spices? What do we do? We do we season prior to? We season while it's on the grill. What's up? I try prior to, but sometimes I slack. Like I love putting olive oil on it and stuff. Yep. Uh, uh, that's I like Lowry's on my chicken. Uh, it just kind of depends on what I'm uh, what I'm eating. Fair enough, man. Well. Uh, um... Sounds like you got a, a solid program there. Sounds like you got your ducks in a row, and we can expect some seriously improved rides from you as the season progresses. Um, last question I have for you, these, these Triple Crowns are coming up. And uh, mm-hmm. these types of events, although exciting, they don't favor guys like yourself who um, 
unless you're able to uh, basically get find that uh, that half a second that you were behind uh, Chad Reed, or I guess uh, what would you have had to get to 18th? 18th was so that 18th, that's your two yeah. and a half. That's your two seconds right there, almost to this, almost to the hundredth of a second uh, to make it into the uh the main this like to all three of the mains this weekend just through the qualifying without having to go to the lcq um what's what's your thoughts on that from an athlete's uh, standpoint uh under understanding the fact that um like it's it, it's something new for them they're trying to get all the uh the, the like the highest level athletes of the sport in all three of those mains throughout the night show uh but in doing so, a lot of the times they they steal a lot of the spotlight away from guys like yourself who uh, like like end up having to go to the LCQ sometimes. Uh, but I think the Triple Crown is really good for the sport. I think it's cool for the okay. fans and stuff. I, I it bums me out that it's Phoenix this year because I live in Phoenix now, right? Um, and I have a lot of friends and stuff coming to the race that have never even been to a Supercross. Um, so you know, I would have loved to seen them or have them get to see me race. You know for sure, um, but it's you know, decide, it's just yet. you might be in more. there. I, no, and I I know that, but I mean, like, it's way more guaranteed that they're going to get to see me race a heat in an LCQ. Yes, you know, I'm not trying to diss myself because I know I'm capable of doing it. Um, but it's just like that's something that sucks. Is like those guys, like it's my home race, and people might not even get to see me race. You know, it's uh, that's. You know, it's a very real possibility. So that can suck sometimes for guys. But besides that, I think it's a, I think it's a cool, you know, changing of, uh, you know, the cards or whatever so that, you know, something else is happening too. Fair enough, man. Well, I hope that you're able to, uh, uh, just flow with the track in in, uh, in Phoenix. Uh, feel the love from those ho- the, your now hometown fans uh, who have come out to watch you, and and maybe that pushes you to the next level. And uh, you not even have to worry about that uh, high pressure LCQ before the big lights come on uh, in under the stadium lights uh, for Supercross uh, uh, two Saturdays from now. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in the rest of the uh, the season coming up. Uh, I know you've got an impressive list of sponsors on the team as well as personal. I'll give you an opportunity right now to, uh, to give some thanks to uh, to guys like Julian and the PRMX team who uh, make it all possible. Yeah, I mean, obviously Julian and, you know, he's he's obviously the owner of PRMX. And then, uh, you know, the guys at Wozner and Oland, um, they stepped up big for the team this year. Uh, Pelletier Kawasaki, um, they, they're our main you know, one of our main sponsors, they give us, get us all of our bikes and everything. Uh, you know, and, and there's so many good sponsors on the team that like a lot of people don't even realize, like we're sponsored by Stellar's DVD, you know, EVS and stuff like that. Like, and you know, what's cool is I just did like this new thing on my Instagram, you know, people can go check it out. It's a lot okay. easier than me trying to sit here and name them. But like, I just posted a photo of my bike and then I literally listed all of like the aftermarket parts that I have on it with like who it's from and like what part it is. So that I thought that was pretty cool and a different way to uh, really try and showcase my sponsors because in reality, there's like, there's the team has so many sponsors and you know, they all do their part. And You know, I hate, you know, if I say one thing, then I feel like if I forgot someone, you know, I don't, I don't like doing that. So, uh, you know, I really just got to thank the whole PRMX team and all of their sponsors. And, you know, if you guys want, you know, more detail on the stuff that I use, you know, go over and check out my Instagram. There you go. It's Cade Clayson. No numbers, no dashes, no nothing, no capital letters. Just Cade Clayson is C-L-A-S-O-N. Go check out that guy with that beautiful 
lime green Kawasaki with those uh, those gold uh, forks on there always looks hot. Um, and uh, I appreciate you making some time, man. Uh, it's a it's a new year, it's a new number for you for as far as Supercross goes. You look good out there, and uh, I think that uh, um, you're, you're just going to continue to improve as the season goes on. And uh, uh, and when you're when, while you're doing that, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna have to have you on, on the show again to uh, to mark that improvement. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime, man. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake. We're going to cut it off right there.